Good evening and welcome to Absolute Bedlam Podcast. I hope everyone's all right. Uh, hope, you know, COVID's not getting too much in the way now and uh, everyone's starting to enjoy a bit of sunshine. All right, enough small talk. We've uh, got Justine on the uh, podcast tonight. Um, so, Justine, I'm going to let you introduce yourself because I don't want to miss anything out. <laughs> Hi. No problem. Um, I'm Justine Morehouse and um, Ben very kindly asked me to come and speak tonight. Um, I'm a lean practitioner, so um, I look at people's processes, how businesses run and help them improve them. And I also do some self-improvement as well. So coaching sort of individuals to do their very best at work. Nice, nice. So, right. So Six Sigma, what's the kind of... um sound bite that you would use to kind of sell it to someone if they didn't have a clue what it was well i i guess i guess whatever you do in business yeah or whatever you do in life Mm. it's um it's a way of being able to look at how you do things and how best you can actually optimize what you do so doesn't matter whether it's something really small you've got a really small business or small processes or it's just everyday life yeah. It's a really great methodology to think how you do it and how you can do it even better. Yeah. Yeah, I think um, one of the common things that I do um, or I've done in my previous life is I've gotten like, a load of sticky notes up on a wall. Step by step guides on how something starts to the end. Um, and I think that's a really good sort of way of getting into Six Sigma and just lean practitioner in general. Yeah. is what processes are 100% not needed anymore. Like if a traffic light's always on green, then what's the point in the traffic light in the first place? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Stuff like that. Yeah, definitely. I think um, I best method, yeah, absolutely sort of getting people around either a table or around a wall yeah. and just looking at what they do from start to finish. Like you say, we yeah. tend to use post-its or all different methods, but yeah. It's around picking up on those things that really naff people off. Everyone's yeah. got them at work where you yeah, think, oh, yeah. surely we can do this better. And yeah. um, it's quite an inclusive type of methodology. So Yeah, yeah, I've, I've noticed that as well when I've um, done it in the past. Um, yeah, it's about sort of getting to the nitty gritty of these things that we kind of just accept and allow ourselves to work around constantly to the yeah. point where it's taking up quite a lot of time totally uh, that, that's the whole crux of it i mean um yeah. it, it's about how long it takes us to do stuff and how much of that is actually value adding yeah and yeah. worthwhile and the, this methodology the way we work is is around understanding what doesn't work so well what doesn't add value and yeah. helping people to remove it yeah just streamlining make it better. Yeah. yeah streamlining Good so fit. if someone is interested in six sigma how would you sort of introduce them to it because from an outside in perspective i personally think that some of it is absolutely 100 percent essential and some of it is a bit sort of <laughs> um what's the word like it's kind of nice to have yeah totally i think um unless you've got a business like aerospace that yeah. does re- the real minutiae with calculations a lot of the six sigma stuff is really in-depth statistics so I think if if you just like to do things better or you've got a few problems at work where you think, oh, there, there's got to be a different way of doing this. 
the yeah. problem side solve, solving side of it that's just a little bit easier a little bit more simple engaging you yeah. probably only need the really basic tools so mm. i think if anyone was sort of interested get in touch with somebody who currently is a practitioner or does it just learn a few of the real basics and give it a go yeah yeah um i used to do karate and i think that's where this is sort of i'm very very interested in all of this stuff and sort of knowing a little bit of japanese um <laughs> i think that's really sort of re-inspired my intrigue if that makes sense yeah certainly um, that's conjured up, conjured up a real image now with yeah. karate yeah there's yeah, there's um things you hear in karate like um you know obviously one to ten is like ichni sanshi go rock sit church blah 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 um but there's little things that i hear in six sigma that uh, there's one that sticks out which is like pokey yoke oh yes yeah which i think i'm obviously not the professional here so correct me if i'm wrong <laughs> um but is that mistake proofing it is mistake proofing so this, yeah. this is about setting up your process or your system so people can only use it one way and not make a mistake. Yeah, yeah. yeah. absolutely. Oh, well done. <laughs> and an example of that, I think I've been shown in the past is like a petrol cap on a car. So you can't physically take petrol caps off of cars anymore and leave them on your roof and drive off on the petrol station, realizing that you've left it on the roof. Yeah, absolutely. Um, it's, it's about being cruel to be kind from like my understanding of it kind of it's, you can only use one thing that could traditionally be used five ways in one way. Yeah, absolutely. The The idea is to standardise processes so people do them in the most efficient way. And sometimes that can be about safety because a lot of this was born from the sort of factory and manufacturing yeah. era, but it can be applied yeah. anywhere. Yeah, yeah. Um, am I right in thinking Toyota pioneered this and sort of trailblazed it? Yeah, that's right. Um, it Lean originated from Toyota almost by accident, really, because having having been in a situation where they had um, a really high variation in what they manufactured, yeah, and um, they needed to find a method where they could look at their processes and understand how they could actually set their manufacturing up very quickly to change over and produce the goods cheaply, more yeah. effectively and efficiently. And um, it wasn't just about the processes, it was th the whole culture, how people actually work in the organisation and integrate together to solve problems. Yeah, yeah. So yes, you're right, it did originate in Toyota. I think like the word culture, and you mentioned earlier, like the word inclusive, and I, I do think that those words get used quite a lot, but I do feel in like Six Sigma world, they are absolutely 100% authentic use of the words. So a lot of um, things that I've been involved in in the past is very cross-function. So I've been traditionally for the last 10 years of my life been involved in IT. And there's a lot of things in IT that require you to wait a very, very long time for things to load, things to install, things to come to your office, like if you're ordering laptops and all that sort of stuff. And they require a very long period of time you know, in, in that period of time, people can chase you and say, where's my laptop? Where's my keyboard? You know, all that sort of stuff. Hmm. And it's about sort of bringing everyone down to a sort of level playing field and explaining exactly what, you know, if someone works in procurement, how do they go about raising a purchase order? If someone works in, you know, manufacturing, how do they get their job cards, for example, and stuff like that? And it's about just sitting down and just going, right, this is currently how I work. 
um, do you have any ideas from an outside perspective on what I could do to improve this? Because it's all about time and money, unfortunately. I think money rules the world, obviously. But <laughs> yeah, yeah, indeed. Yeah, you're quite right. It, it's about demand. So your yeah. end customer, whether it's somebody outside of your organisation or the next person down the line that you serve, whether, yeah. as you say, whether it's something you're providing from an IT perspective, whether yeah. it's sort of goods or a service, it's about understanding what's required, when it's required, and then yeah. working collaboratively to understand how you can do that in the best way. It's um, yeah. it's actually really quite engaging and a lot of fun. You think, oh, God, mm. processes. Is that about yeah. you know how you pass this on and all about the cost? But it's yeah. actually... Um, really quite collaborative with the way you can sit around and and generate ideas about how you can do things differently yeah and yeah, um definitely. just deliver that service in a slightly better way i mean certainly from an it perspective i've worked in quite yeah. a few areas where as you say you provide kit it takes mm. an awful long time you're waiting around a long time so it's yeah. about helping people remove the waste from that process yeah yeah, I think the word waste is a really sort of key thing as well. So anything that is not value adding is seen as waste in yes. Six Sigma's world, isn't it? It certainly is, yes. And yeah, and... yeah. go on, sorry. Yeah. Sorry, I was I was going to say that um, yeah. they're, they're the sort of things that and until you sort of train in, in Lean or Six Sigma, you take for granted as being yeah. a real pain. So you'll look mm. at things and think, I'm waiting around a long time for something. Or yeah. you'd look in a storeroom that's full of goods and it's absolutely yeah. loaded. That's just money sitting there. Yeah. And once you've been trained in this sort of thing, it becomes easy to see it. And you think, blimey, why do we do that? Why do we even yeah. do it that way? Yeah, definitely. Um, I was going to say something. I've completely forgotten what it was. Um, yeah, I'm trying to think of like examples. Obviously, I don't want to go too much into my work because um, this will be available for everyone to listen to. So I don't really want to... Uh, <laughs> lay my cards too much on the table um but yeah i've found it i've done a lot of workshops um there was a workshop that i did at an aerospace company um which was known as creating stable foundations mm. and it's basically if you don't have these processes and checks and balances in place then your project that you're trying to implement will completely fall flat okay and it's about creating like a robust house when you know you might not have all the materials straight away and all that sort of stuff but um it was really good and like you say sometimes people look at processes and think oh god but oh. when it's directly affecting them and it's directly improving their work and their life then they're invested don't they yeah absolutely i think everyone yeah. sits there in their job whatever their walk of life and at some point thinks why the hell do we do this or can't yeah. we do that better it, yeah. it's not just about that as well it's the sort of fun side of innovation so I've been involved yeah. with things like, um, a, a, you know, sort of some private consulting with a building company that were wanting to look at building houses in a different way. And at the time, everyone was doing the sort of same thing, the same sort of patterns with building. So we had a workshop to just sort of innovate different concepts. And we used a, um, a particular technique called provocation and movement, where you sort of provoke by suggesting something that's totally bonkers. And yes. then everyone sits around because not everyone's good with a blank piece of paper. People no. sit around and say, well, that won't work. But then it triggers mm. other ideas. And we yeah. started looking at having houses with no roofs on. So, of course, in this yeah. country, everyone was saying, <laughs> you're bonkers, you know, you rain, you'd get yeah. soaking wet. 
And gradually we built that back to thinking, well, what if you had glass roofs and you could see the stars at night mm. and all sorts of things. So it's not just about taking waste out. It's about how you can sort of iteratively um, yeah. develop ideas. Yeah. Well, on behalf of that, if you need anyone to talk nonsense, then I am available uh, oh. pretty much all the time, as my girlfriend will probably. <laughs> Excellent. Love a yeah. bit of nonsense. Nonsense yeah. good when it comes to innovation. Yeah. I think they, that, that does allow the spark sometimes to um, enter the room, you know. So, yeah, Definitely. it's all about collaboration. And um, what I was going to say that I forgot about, I've remembered now, um, there's companies that use Six Sigma quite heavily, such as Ikea, uh, yes. Tesla, Toyota still use it to this day. Yeah. So what we are talking about here, people, is quite standard and quite sort of industry standard recognised framework, really. It's not just a pie in the sky, blue sky thinking idea that could potentially get off the ground. It's something that's used in uh, Honeywell, I think they use it. Yeah, they do, indeed. Testimonies online if people want to look up stuff for themselves. But yeah, it's um, it's good to see that it's um, really taken off because I do feel a lot of these things are very um, desirable, but a lot of companies won't sort of invest into that and they think, well, we'll manage how we've always managed, you know. And I think some of the things I hear, um, not necessarily at my current work, but some of the things I've heard in the past are, it's always been that way. <laughs> I genuinely get quite scared when people say stuff like that because it means that they're not willing to embrace any sort of um, change or any sort of, you know, any investment of time into that idea because it's just an idea sort of thing, if that makes sense. So um, what would you say, Justine, to people that might be a bit resistant to this because it might be a bit sort of fluffy? I think um, I've come across this a lot. Um, not only fluffy, because people think it's really complicated because of the Japanese language or it's yeah. something something you add on to the day job mm. or or they feel exposed by it that just give it a, just give it a go get somebody yeah. you trust to come and help you to just start in a very small way yeah. because whether whether financially you need some support or yeah. whether you do something you just haven't got enough time for or you just aren't quite hitting the mark with your customers this yeah. can be quite transformational in a really easy way. And yeah. it, it's not just about people um, in a small business or big businesses or manufacturing. It's about, doesn't matter whether you're at the top of the shop as the CEO or somebody who just produces a widget or talks to customers, wherever you are in the organization, yeah. it's really easy to apply in a small way and can make a tremendous difference. Yeah. Don't be frightened of it. I think. Yeah. I yeah, yeah, go on. I, I was going to say, you you were sort of saying about people saying, you know, we've always done it that way. It's yeah. really hard to get out of the norm and say, we're going to do something different. Yeah. There are lots of people out there just, just trying something very, very small. And I say, if anyone wants to get in touch with me in a very small way to try something and it doesn't make a difference, I'll be really surprised, really yeah. surprised. Yeah, it provides a sort of all hands to the pump attitude of you are actually involved in this company as much as you want to be i think i think um, that's really important because yeah. i think it's about people yeah. taking ownership for what they deliver yeah even if you're like a janitor it, you know I, i've i've dealt with vps in the past um which is obviously an acronym that's from the us which is vice president um and i've always 
had that mentality of stuff like this needs to come from the top down. But I've actually recently realized that some of these things can meet you in the middle. Oh, yes. You know, if you yes. get someone that starts at a company and they've got tons and tons of ideas, one of one of the things that I will stand firm on, though, is you can't improve something unless you understand it yourself. <laughs> there are a lot of consultants and middle management that come into a company and think that they know how everything works on like the second hour of working there, which um, has sort of rubbed me up the wrong way in the past. But um, you know, stuff like aerospace, I suppose, if you have worked in an aerospace company in the past, you've probably got a pretty good idea of what the pain points are. Yeah, that that really rings a bell with me. That resonates mm. because I've had a fair bit of experience with consultants yeah. And you get some who come in and it's about the money. They'll give yeah. you a little bit, open up the yeah, opportunities yeah. with your people to think, oh, that's great. Give you the hook, yeah. but then don't give you everything. This, yeah. this knowledge should be about sharing, not control. Yeah, totally. Yeah, totally. yeah. Data and information should be shared. It shouldn't be someone's empire. Yeah, but, absolutely. Yeah. So I've just realised, I'm so sorry, I haven't even asked you how COVID's been. We've just jumped straight <laughs> into the lean world and uh, we've uh, spent 17 minutes on it already. And I am enjoying it, but I have to follow my procedures. No worries. I'm, uh, <laughs> I'm very uh, particular about how I format these, which is a bit strange. But how has COVID been for you in the last sort of year? Mm, it, it's been a weird one because I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm one of those people who's usually quite self-sufficient. I don't yeah. mind my own company. I've yeah. been in a job that's taken me around the country traveling with work and yeah. to suddenly be at home. Yeah. It, it, that was strange, but it's something you get used to. I think IT's been brilliant in being able to do what I do remotely. Yeah. I've been yeah, very yeah. lucky there. Mm. Um, I, I think the biggest thing that um, I found hit me that really quite surprised me was the the people contact side of being able to go up up to somebody yeah. at work because my job relies on relationships. Yeah. Um. I found it really hard not being able to go up to somebody and just put my arm on their shoulder and say, "Are you okay?" Yeah, yeah, yeah. Can I take you through this? Or when you're really yeah. struggling with you know something we're doing at work, how can I help you? I, I found mm. that really hard. Yeah, I agree. Um, I'm quite a sort of extroverted kind of life of the party kind of person in the right scenario. That is obviously <laughs> I'm not up at 2am by myself raving, you know, um, <laughs> but I've always sort of been able to go into any room and talk how I'm talking to you right now. Um, made a bit of fall, bit of a fall out of myself in the past at the expense of someone, you know, laughing at me and trying to sort of ease everyone's tension sometimes um but yeah i find like when i go jogging now which i went for a um pretty good distance earlier um people sort of actively want to stay away from you now which is quite strange like they'll see you jogging towards them and they'll actually like change their direction of the sort of journey that they're on just to not be in your path yeah and it's, um... it's very strange it's going to take some getting used to, I think. And I'm, I'm not yeah. sure we'll ever go back to how we were, well, yeah. at least not for a long time. But you're right. You end up crossing over the road and stepping away from yeah. people. And it, it, it's a very yeah. strange thing. Yeah. Yeah, no, it is strange. But um, yeah, obviously, I hope everyone's uh, starting to see the sort of light at the end of the tunnel and everyone's getting vaccinated and all that sort of stuff. So um, I think hopefully, so. hopefully... A month and a half from now we'll be in a much better position than we are or have been in the past 
Yeah, fingers um, crossed. Certainly for everyone out there who's suffered from it. I've been very lucky. I've um, yeah. I've known a few people who've suffered with COVID, but I've not not lost anybody close to me. So I've been very lucky. Yeah, that's good. Yeah, I don't want to like turn this into a conspiracy sort of podcast by any stretch of the imagination because there's a lot of people out there that are a lot better at than me. Um, but there was a point like the first sort of three four months in to COVID where. I kind of had a bit of a think to myself and I thought, I don't actually know anyone with COVID. Is this <laughs> like a, is this just like this massive government level fire drill of like sort of, it's a false alarm. You know, it was, it was a horrible April Fool's joke. Yes. Um, you, you wouldn't be the first yeah. one to have, have repeated that. Yeah. But then I met a few people that have had it and they yeah. said that it really knocked them for six. Yeah. Like it really fatigued them to the point where, you know, they couldn't go out exercising without wheezing quite heavily and there's something called long covid which is like an extended period of time and um yeah it's just weird how some people don't believe stuff unless they have to sort of go through it themselves yeah i, I think but, that's true yeah. of life though ben there are a lot of things i come across in my business yeah. where unless people see it for themselves they'll yeah. steer away from it they'll yeah. think they'll deny it actually happens but yeah yeah. yeah, you're right. I've um I've certainly had people I've known who suffered from it and yeah. um suffered with wheezing and really struggled for a long time after. Mm. Yeah, it's not been good. Yeah. No. There was a thing as well um where if you had it once, you could get it again, but there was like a 6-month grace period where you couldn't apparently get it. Oh, wow. But that was also thwarted and everyone was sort of told that that wasn't the case either. So um, if you don't get it, then fantastic. But if you do get it, then it sounds like you're in for a hell of a ride, really. So uh, yeah, I'm indeed. glad I've not had to sort of deal with it too much myself. But I'm, I'm glad. I'm really do glad. Do feel for the people that have dealt with it, because it can take out entire households in a couple of minutes. You know, if someone brings it home, then yeah. uh, the, it can the shut schools months. down. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, definitely. I mean, the situation in India is not good at the moment, no. is it? lots of politics yeah. about what should be done there aren't there yeah there's a thing on um linkedin that i looked at earlier which was a lot of companies are trying to help out india um and obviously i use amazon like i i really love amazon's sort of ideas and everything but um jeff bezos has basically decided to pick the best time possible to announce his space program <laughs> And it's like, mate, you could literally end India's problems right now with all of the money that you've got, but you've instead decided to try and take out Virgin Galactic. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's just, you, it's, um, you need to have a bit of a... It begs belief, doesn't it? Yeah, a little <laughs> bit of a humanness to you. Yeah, I indeed. Jeff Bezos is a very human-like creature anyway, to be honest, but that just takes it to the next level, that he's a uh, obviously not checked what's going on in the world and he's allowed that to happen at the same time it and makes it... you wonder from a humanity perspective doesn't yeah, it? he's absolutely. got the resources to change people's lives yeah and not choose to do that That's yeah. but yeah so i'm interested in talking a little bit more um about six sigma and sort of how you got started in it but we're okay. just going to quickly go to a break okay um, we'll be right back Just a quick reminder that you're listening to Absolute Bedlam Podcast. This show is officially sponsored by Grind Fitness and Sportswear Clothing. 
This active and healthy lifestyle company hails from Weymouth and Stu I. Check out their website, which is www.grindlimited, which is LTD, UK.com. That's www.grindlimituk.com. I've recently been given some of their products to test out and it's all been absolutely fantastic and very, very comfortable to wear. The base layer doesn't cling to you and you can really feel the quality of the clothing. Get involved and start your own grind today. If you have any questions regarding any of their products, please feel free to drop me a message on my Instagram page, which is Absolute Better Than Podcast, or drop Clayton, the CEO, a message on Instagram. His uh, Instagram page even is called Grind, which is G-R-N-D. We will be very happy to help you with any inquiries that you have on your way to start your own fitness adventure. Thanks again to Grind for allowing me to promote your products. Right then. Back to it. Welcome back. Hi, Ben. So, what I wanted to talk about quickly, and then uh, we'll move on to the more sort of social hobby side of you, um, is how did you get started with Six Sigma, and sort of how have you allowed it to um, become a career? I suppose is a question I'm trying to ask. Yeah, um, I, I think listening to your some of, some of your other podcasts, I think people have said they've kind of fallen into their yeah. careers and they found uh, what they wanted. Um, yeah. I guess it was a little bit like that for me. It was a bit of a no-brainer because I'd, I'd come from a background where I joined the civil service and um, I kind of worked my way through the ranks, got into a management role where I used to manage a region and the job was all about managing people and delivering on a service. Yeah. And um, I got introduced to this guy who'd been brought in to introduce lean into the this part of the civil service. And um, my area manager thought I'd be a good candidate to sort of run a pilot. Yeah. Um, and when I met when I met this guy, all of a sudden the light bulb went on because I'd always had to manage people and deliver on, pro- on um, you know, sort of services and products. What yeah. I didn't have the tools for was how to look at the processes and make them even better. Yeah. So when I learned about this, for me, it was just a no-brainer. And it was yeah. like one of those epiphany times where I thought, <laughs> why doesn't everybody do this? Why doesn't yeah. everybody know all these problem-solving tools? It yeah. makes you look on life quite differently yeah. and to, to the point of absolutely being annoying. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Because I'll be in a queue somewhere and I'm looking at flow and it's not working and I'm kind yeah. of working it out in my head. But yeah. yeah, I kind of fell in it by accident. And having gone on the pilot, I thought I, I've enjoyed this so much. I actually took a downgrade from my job to get the qualification. Yeah. And yeah. Um, ended up working in it. Yeah. That's cool. I like it when people find their sort of way. Um, but yeah, sometimes it is in the most obscure way possible, isn't it? Well, it was some of the most ridiculous things. I used to go into meetings. Um, where the, the lean practitioner was sort of coaching me in really what seems now really quite basic tools. Yeah. I'd go into a meeting where we'd sit there for ages going round and round in circles around sort of problems and yeah. be able to use these tools and solve them really quickly. And it was yeah, just yeah. fantastic. I'd, yeah. I'd share them with anybody. Yeah. <laughs> That's cool. Um, this is probably a bit of a strange question. 
what are your sort of favorite versions of Six Sigma? What are your favorite tools that you use in the um, the broad set that is the whole sort of ecosystem? God, that's a really difficult question because there's <laughs> so many. Yeah, I, I think I I do like value stream mapping. So that's yeah. around understanding the end to end process and actually making it visual so people can see it. Yeah. So when you map out a process from the start to the end and get people involved in sort of um, articulating where things don't work very well or where things work really well, they start to get really animated. And that that's a really good tool for visualising what works and what doesn't. Yeah. But I think one of my real favourites is something called Yamazumi. It's a bit oh, okay. there. <laughs> Do you know that one? I have no idea what that is, but it sounds fantastic. <laughs> so it, it rough translation, it means log pile. So basically, basically, it's about looking at each step in a process and color coding them or, or um, categorizing them for what yeah. adds value and what doesn't and how much time you spend on it. And you get this kind of visual picture that looks like lots of different colored logs building up. Oh, OK. But, yeah. But it allows you to just go through and take out all the wasty the waste pieces. It's just yeah. another tool to do that, but they're they're very visual, so they're engaging for people. Yeah, that's good. People like colour and they like um, not too much information on a board, but just enough to know if they're doing a good job or not, I suppose. Yeah, well, I, I think it's it's about it's our problem rather than your problem. Yeah. Find, um, people feel very exposed if they think how they do something or their capabilities yeah. being looked at. Yeah. But, but when yeah. you look at it together around the stuff that just isn't good for your customer or, or you as a group yeah. and work together to remove it, it's um it's yeah. a lot less threatening. Yeah, and it's about getting the right people in the room and sort of allowing that change to actually become a real thing rather than just this is what you could have won, sort of um game show style. Yeah, it's like um, um yeah. I think rich rich pictures are another thing that um a lot of people who aren't even artistic really end up enjoying as well, where you, you take them away from what they do in the day job and some of the problems and let them sort of fantasise about the ideal world, if you like, yeah. what it could look like. And that often yeah. triggers some great ideas. Yeah. Yeah. I like um, brainstorming with people, like um, just opening up an invite to, you know, say 30, 40 people. Obviously, it can sometimes be a bit of a fight to be heard, um, but you give each people, you know, each person sort of five minutes, I suppose. And yeah. people talk within their own subsets. And some people will be really interested in like delivery times and some people will be interested in auditing. And it's about getting everyone talking to each other because I've always become quite frustrated um, quite quickly when I'm sort of the middleman in the process because you're delivering messages that are either positive or negative to people that might not react as nicely as, you know, you would expect, I suppose. Yeah. Um, and it's about, I, I've always found one of my strengths to be pointing people to other people and saying, right, say what you just said to me, to that person there, and let's actually try and figure this out properly. Ah, you know, you just, than, yeah. You, you've just really triggered for me, um, Malcolm Gladwell, the tipping point. Oh, all yeah. around yeah. when people really engage with change and what you've mm. just described there is the connector yeah 
yeah. which, which is a really valuable role. That's not yeah. to be underestimated. There are different roles yeah. in change all the time, and that's a great role to have if you're a connector. Yeah, might bear that in mind. <laughs> <laughs> it's right. funny you 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 saying about just just covering very quickly. You saying yeah. a very big group of people in the room, and sometimes it's really hard to be heard. I sometimes use a technique with Edward de Bono's six thinking hats. Okay. So this is about everybody thinking the same way at the same time. Because yeah. sometimes you have people with different interests. So you have someone who's like the blue sky thinker with all the ideas. Yeah. And you have somebody else who's like the viewed potentially as the negative person who knows uh-huh. all the risks. Yeah. So we use the different thinking hats. So everyone has the same hat on at the same time. Yeah. So everyone gets a voice to do all those different aspects. Mm. Yes, yeah, good fun. Is that kind of s- sort of related to the voice of the customer? Um, it, it It's a technique that brings all the different voices together. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. So, yeah, if you've um, if you're ever looking at making changes and want to do the right thing, well, you'll yeah. know from an IT perspective. Yeah. You've got the voice of the business, you've voice of mm. the customer and the capability of the process. They, they all count. It's finding the sweet um, spot that's the tough bit. Yeah. Am I right in thinking that negative people are usually called blockers? Um, I do, it depends on the angle you come from. Certainly yeah. they have been known as blockers. I think yeah. they're brilliant personally. I mm. think anybody who sees the risk in a process is yeah. absolutely essential. Because if you're going to trial yeah. and test anything, you need someone to come and break it for you. Yeah, yeah, you need to make sure that it's actually as robust as what you're selling it as. And Yeah. The proof is in the pudding, as it were, and all that sort of stuff. Yeah, absolutely. Cool, cool. So, yeah, if anyone is interested in uh, Six Sigma, then um, how how would people get hold of you? I don't want people to start flooding your LinkedIn with tons and tons of connection requests. <laughs> uh, what's the it's, correct process? That That's not a problem if people want to contact yeah. me on LinkedIn, but my, yeah. my email address is on there as well. Okay. Please do drop me an email and genuinely, I would love yeah. to help anyone who wants to hear a little bit more about even some most basic tools to get going. Yeah, cool. Yeah, I just wanted to quickly mention that because um, I don't want to get too, too carried away. We're talking about meal deals. Um, <laughs> you know, How disappointing. You <laughs> need to try and um, promote your services because I'm not Six Sigma qualified, but I want to be. And it's people like you and people that I've met in the past that have really sort of allowed me to talk like I do. Um, at work, I can be quite reserved and I can be quite sort of, um, oh, I don't want to speak out of line, but I do feel that Six Sigma sort of breaks that wall down of like, look, we've got a problem here. We need to try and fix it. What can I do to enable this change sort of thing? And it's a, it's a positive thing. Oh but, gosh, yeah. Don't ever yeah, break the yeah. barriers down. Don't ever stay yeah. quiet if you want to change something. Yeah, hundred percent. It's kind of um sort of lit in a fire within me a little bit. Um, so yeah, I'm looking to get. Um, one thing I will mention quickly before we get off of this entirely is it's graded in belts, as if you do karate, and that's another thing that I mentioned earlier. <laughs> um, so the intro to it, I think, is a yellow belt. Is that right? Yes, it is. It's a yellow belt. You progress towards green and then to black yeah. master black belt. Yes. Yeah. So yeah, it's um, it's a really interesting sort of way of doing it. But from a glance, you can see, you know, how qualified people are and how they can mentor people. Um, yeah, it's just a really, really good sort of way of thinking, really. And um, I want people to sort of get engaged in it and try it for themselves. 
Brilliant. Um, so yeah, that's pretty much all I've got to say on Six Sigma. So I'm going to go with some random questions. So I hope you're ready for this because this is absolute Bethan podcast after all. So, uh, <laughs> <laughs> so Justine, what do you get up, up to outside of work? Oh, outside of work. Um, I'm the daredevil. So if anybody yeah. dares me to do something stupid, that's me, which usually <laughs> gets me into trouble. So yeah. um, for example, I went, um, I, I was dared some years back to, why, why don't you go parachuting? Oh my God. So I thought, oh, and I hate heights. So I ended up going parachuting and right. actually getting stuck in a tree and rescued by a famous mountaineer. <laughs> oh my God. So yeah, I, no. I I do stupid things outside work. Um, yeah, nice. I um I I do some pretty normal things as well, like everybody else does. I like sort of uh, yeah. I'm a bit of a collector. I collect um Murano glass. Um, oh, upcycle furniture, like a bit yeah. of gardening, bit of walking. I do. I, I like the, the lakes and you know sort of kayaking. Yeah. Mm. But um, yeah, plenty of hobbies. Food. I'm a bit of a forager yeah. as well. Wild food. Oh, okay, yeah, nice. Uh, yeah, where do you been... um, where do you go kayaking? Where's the closest place in Dorset um, for that? In in Dorset, out from the bay, so sea kayaking, Weymouth mm. Bay, and all around there, up around yeah. Dorset, Lyme, those areas there. But yeah. uh, pretty generally, up in the sort of Lake District, tend to get mm. up there walking and kayaking up there in the lakes. Nice, yeah, yeah, it's beautiful, yeah. very nice. Uh, when was the last time you did that? Uh, last July, so in between the lockdowns, managed to get up there and um, going back up there in June, hopefully. Oh, cool. That's nice. Yeah, that's um, going to be a good one weather-wise, I think. Yeah, I hope so. I don't mind the rain up there. You kind of get used to it. So. Yeah, yeah. Just and I'm a uh, craft beer and craft cider enthusiast outside work as well. So uh... Nice. Do you make your own? Uh, yeah, we've um, been making uh, certainly a bit of beer, but we forage. So we've got sort of elderflower, elderflower champagne, that sort of stuff. Oh, nice. I'm yet to attempt to make homemade cider. Yeah. Um, I've had a pint of, I think it was Cronenberg with a elderflower cordial in the bottom of it. Really? And it got to the point where I was like, this isn't even like alcoholic. This is just really, <laughs> really tasty. And that's a very dangerous situation to be in because I feel like a lot of people have that attitude with Baileys where it's <laughs> yeah. just chocolate milkshake and then suddenly they're on the floor. Um, yes, indeed. So yeah, yeah, I really enjoyed that. I like elderflower. It's uh, really nice. Yeah, things like that are a bit fatal, particularly homebrew. Yeah. It's, it's got the effect to... Um, my um, my father-in-law used to say it's a bit like um, either homebrew or rough cider you don't yeah. notice it because it does taste as you say just like yeah. chocolate milk or whatever yeah and until your lips start to go numb and the air goes out of your legs <laughs> yeah <laughs> amazing oh you realize that you've fallen asleep in your garden and you've uh, woken up in your bench yes how did, how did get here? <laughs> yeah, yeah well that was that then yeah nice um <laughs> yeah if you uh, want to sponsor the podcast and send me some stuff then i'll uh I'm sure we can make that happen at some point. <laughs> Excellent. Well, we're always up for tasters. Famous <laughs> plug. Right. So this is probably the most random question I'm going to ask in the whole episode. But I think you could absolutely smash this. So childhood video game memory. So what I mean by that is what's the first 
sort of childhood <clears throat> memory that you have of playing wow. like a Sega Mega Drive or a Commodore, you know, anything like that? <laughs> well, being as I'm ancient and, <laughs> and I was a teenager in the 80s, yeah. Um, my actual first memory, believe it or not, is owning a BBC Model B. Um, and that was in the very early days when I was training to um, program in, in BASIC and COBOL. Oh, right. code. And the first game I remember is a game called Elite. Yeah. That was really ridiculous. Just 3D clear um, shapes of spaceships shooting each other. All right. Oh. <laughs> So when it comes to the modern day platform games, it's way yeah. out really early. Yeah. It's my first memory. It's crazy to think that people like put a decent amount of time into Pong. Oh god, yeah. That <laughs> nature, you know, Pac-Man of just sort of going around eating stuff and yeah. Ghosts around a maze basically. Yeah. yeah, but as as time progressed, I think um, I'm a real mystery fan, obviously being a problem solver with um, yeah. Lean and Six Sigma. So yeah. I'm really into Tomb Raider. Oh, okay. So I, yeah. I like Tomb Raider, anything like that that's mysteries. Hmm. Um, have you played the most recent Tomb Raider? Because that's quite different to the... I the... haven't, no. Is it good? It's really good. It's kind of like a prequel um lara croft has like a bow and she's kind of out in the jungle and she's got to sort of survive whereas obviously later in the you know the movies and in the original games she's got two handguns and she runs around you know constantly just <laughs> uploading clips upon clips of bullets into people all the time Indeed. and i think the most recent one kind of brings it to a like primal level oh no yeah. well i've not seen that maybe i need to um need to get back into it yeah, definitely check that out. I remember the first Tomb Raider being absolutely nails, though, to the point where I couldn't even, like, progress. And I, I think I gave up because there was so much going on and I was really, really into sort of Tekken and um, oh, other yeah. games that were on the PlayStation. Yeah, I used to quite like Crash Bandicoot as well. The old platform game. I was playing that <laughs> earlier with my son. Were you? I've got to mention my son because that makes me sound less like a sort of, you know, 40-year-old... Uh, overweight bloke that just sits around eating oh, what's his name then he enables me he's called uh casper oh lovely yeah. we were playing um crash bandicoot one remastered oh brilliant yes four. Oh, oh yeah. brilliant yeah we used to play crash bandicoot on the playstation i used to love mm. that all the different bosses do you remember the playstation startup sound i do vaguely it just sounds like glass smashing in infinity <laughs> <laughs> the loudest thing ever i remember once turning it on thinking my parents aren't going to know that i'm on this at 7 a.m and then that went off and i was like right that's that then time to move <laughs> <laughs> yeah busted so yeah i'll check out elite thanks for that that was cool so oh, i wouldn't bother if i was you <laughs> I, I i think being in the field of it as well that's um yeah. you know I, I think you're way advanced for that <laughs> I'll definitely check it out on Google and go from there. Um, favorite film? It could be Ooh. from any era. Um, you know, you can name more than one if you want. It's quite a hard question, obviously, to pin one down. Favorite film? Yeah, I um, I've probably got a few for different reasons. I'm a, I'm a bit of a blood and guts girl, me, because I like um, I like all the sort of action movies. But I think, I think I've probably got two favorites right at the top. Yeah. The English Patient. 
Okay. Really enjoyed that. And Last of the Mohicans with Daniel Day-Lewis. I've seen that, yeah. Yeah, and I, I've probably actually got a filthy secret film that I do like. I really do like. Yeah. It's a bit like one of those confessions that actually yeah. I do like Domino's Pizza. Yeah. And that's um, G.I. Jane. All right, okay. <laughs> yeah. Nice. So, uh, yeah, I think um, Last of the Mohicans is probably my number one. Yeah. When did um, G.I. Jane come out? Because I'm assuming that's some sort of representation of women in the armed forces yeah. to an extent. Certainly was. I think it was the late, it, either the very late 80s or early 90s. So it was where uh, Demi Moore ended up becoming the first um, experimental woman Navy SEAL. Right, okay. So, yeah. and, and inevitably she was treated like muck and uh, survived and uh, won through. But uh, yeah, it was good. Yeah, lots of trials and tribulations if you're the first anything really, isn't it? So Yeah, indeed. It's one of those chewing gum for the eye films. Yeah, yeah, nice. Um, favorite TV show, Netflix, Ooh. any anything that's a series, you know, The Bill, anything like that. Do you know what I? I think my favorite, and I think it's going to take me a long time to replace it, is Vikings. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Oh, I've seen yeah, I've seen every single one. Yeah. Brilliant. Yeah. Absolutely brilliant. If you're into sort of blood and guts or true to history, it was really good. Yeah, they were pretty brutal weren't they they would just they go to yeah. countries and say this is ours now and you'd be like what yeah. <laughs> and then they'd be like no seriously this is ours now and uh floki <laughs> would build a boat and um, <laughs> yeah i can't really remember that i kind of fell off with that a bit because um my amazon prime um cancelled i i think i had to sort of hold my funds back a little bit because i already had netflix and i already had some other subscription-based stuff um and unfortunately Amazon Prime got the chop, but I might have to uh, relook at that. Is it still on Prime? Um, I believe so. Yeah, it's, yeah. it's still there at the moment because we we were waiting for the very last one to come yeah. out. I think, but yeah, that was good. Mm. I think um, you know, family watches a fair bit of things like The Sopranos, The Thick of It. Yeah, quite a few sort of series they like, but uh, yeah. yeah, I thought that was good. It's cool. Yeah. There is one on Amazon Prime that piques my interest at the moment, where I think it's called Your Honor, and it's Brian Cranston. Oh yeah, I've seen and that advertised. I love Brian Cranston so much, um, primarily because of Breaking Bad, um, and because he just completely reinvented sort of that foolish, angry dad that is uh, Malcolm in the Middle. He played Hal. Yes. And for him to go from that to Walter White in Breaking Bad is just absolutely phenomenal. That I can't even believe the range of that person is just phenomenal. That's a real shift for an actor, isn't yeah. it? I used to like Ma Malcolm in the Middle, but yeah. I've not I've not seen Your Honor yet. Then a lot of people yeah. have spoken about it and said it's good. Would you recommend it then? I haven't actually watched it, but that's one of the things that makes me want to sort of get back into it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think there's also a show on Amazon Prime called Billions. Yes. Ooh, and yeah. I've been told that that's really, really good. Yeah, Damien Lewis. Yeah. He's a bit of a favourite of mine. I'm um I'm quite into my sort of edgy, dark sort of thrillers. Like um I don't know if you've uh, got a Netflix subscription, but Ozark. Oh, Ozark was brilliant. Yeah, I haven't been Ripping. able to stop talking about that. No, pretty us, much. Us Four neither. seasons We're... of this. Absolutely. Dropping it in every <laughs> it... single episode. Yeah. <laughs> It it had a twist and turn virtually every episode, didn't it? Yeah, yeah that was brilliant, I have to say. 
I think the moment for me, not to obviously spoil stuff, but towards the end of season one, where the um the drug cartel leader goes into the snail's house. Oh no, I know what you're saying. Like, <laughs> Mate, yes. what? the hell just happened i need to watch all of this now and i'm not going to bed until i've at least got like halfway through season two without without giving too much away again with your spoiler for anyone else who's not seen it if you've ever seen that scene from the liquid terminator Mm. where he gets shot and everything gets split in half yeah yeah (laughs) (laughs) but yeah I i don't know what it is about sort of money laundering and just things being like obviously immoral and obviously ethically not right um but i just love the fact that like netflix kind of lean into stuff like that and they're like no this is this is obviously not you know don't try this at home but if you were to try it at home you'd be quite surprised with how quickly you you would change as a person your morals would become very sort of um what's the word like questionable and uh yeah some of that is about the survival um instinct though isn't it from them yeah Yeah, that absolutely brilliant series that i think it had a twist and turn virtually every episode i remember i'm checking my phone nearly every single day after season three finished thinking like i please 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 netflix has a really bad (laughs) of not renewing um seasons there was a show called designated survivor which completely fed off a cliff and that was a really, really high budget kind of flagship show for Netflix. And I was just praying to the uh, the Netflix gods that Ozark didn't follow the same fate. And thankfully, they're doing season four, which they're going to split into two seven season seven episode seasons. That's kind of like what they did at Breaking Bad. But I'll be at the edge of my seat watching that because I I genuinely can't even begin to imagine what's going to happen in that. Yeah. But I know Likewise, yeah. I'm even Helen's fate. <laughs> that was unexpected right at the end of the last series. <laughs> yeah. It's very Game of Thrones when you watch it. So yeah. But yeah. yeah. But yeah, nice. So the next question I'm going to ask you after we go for a quick break is your favourite band slash performing artist. Okay. So I'll give you a minute to think of that. Okay. Okay. Break and we'll be right back. Hey guys, just a quick ad read. Ocean Bottle. I recently reached out to this company as I thought their mission statement and attitude were absolutely fantastic. Support livelihoods, stop ocean plastic. These award-winning bottles come in a range of colours, including ocean blue, forest green, obsidian black and sun orange. Each bottle that is bought means the equivalent of 1,000 plastic bottles kept out of the ocean in places where plastic pollution is actually at its worst. These are 100% dishwasher safe and contain double-walled vacuum seals and are made from insulated stainless steel. They keep your cold drinks cold and your hot drinks hot. Join the award-winning team and get your own at www.oceanbottle.co. The current discount code I have access to is on my Instagram page, so please check out the Absolute Bedlam Podcast Instagram page on there to see the most recent one. Thanks to Ocean Bottle for allowing me to spread the good word of environmental sustainability. I cannot wait to get my own Ocean Blue one soon with my podcast logo front and centre. Anyway, back to the episode. Hello. 
Hello. Right, I've given you about 20 seconds to answer a pretty broad question that I'm not going to judge you for, by the way, but um, <laughs> I can't speak for other people that listen to this on Spotify, etc. So who is your favourite artist slash band? Okay, Prince. Okay. Yep. Within 20 seconds. <laughs> yeah, what's, what's, uh, what's intrigued you about Prince? Oh, I um, I've always been the weirdo, even when I was younger, the mm. the different one. I think that's probably why I went into my career. I have, huh. and um, I, he just stood out to me, and it was yeah. the guitar, undoubtedly yeah. uh, uh, as a guitar player. And um, I've been to see lots, lots of bands, different experiences, but my best standout experience was going to Wembley Stadium, the original. Yeah. And him coming right out onto a stage into the crowd and yeah. playing a guitar solo for some 20 minutes that he, yeah. he came out of from Purple Rain. Absolutely oh, phenomenal. Yeah, <laughs> he's brilliant. I'm assuming when you say the guitar, are you referring to his crazy sort of note-shaped guitar that was purple? Well, or no, actually. Just, general, just his guitar playing. It was... It, his guitar playing was yeah, phenomenal, yeah. but the guitar, he actually used his sperm guitar, which was the white one that was in oh, the yeah. shape of sperm. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He actually brought that on stage, but no, he was just sensational. Yeah, he was just, he didn't care about anything other than what he wanted to do. Yeah, I, I very, found that Hendrix, I think. Very just sort of... I'm here to do one thing on this planet and I'm going to do it and I'm not really bothered if people like it or not because this yeah. is my journey and if you want to follow me, then follow me. Yeah, very sort of polarising person. It's a shame he's not with us anymore, really. Yeah, indeed. I mm. um, I always like Bowie as well. Again, yeah. it's a standout, very different. Yeah, David Bowie, legend. Yeah. Yeah, I miss him. He's uh, He was on my bucket list to watch. Um, I've been very, very fortunate with the bands that I have watched. Obviously, I'm only a 31 year old man, um, but a lot of bands that aren't around anymore, I've managed to just about get in there just before they, you know, either passed away sadly or decided to call their band a day. Yeah, well, that's um, lucky. Yeah, they both escaped me, and um, I'm starting to feel a bit like that with Muse. I always think of Muse when I hear Prince because they covered Sign of the Times yes, they, on a yeah. uh, live lounge and I thought that that was such a good cover for them. Oh, it was brilliant. Yeah, I like the original as well, but it was yeah. really, really good. Yeah, yeah Bellamy's really got that sort of falsetto thing down and I think they, they did a really good job because it's hard to cover stuff like that, I feel. Like, when I when I think of Prince, I think of Purple Rain. Um, and it's quite hard to sort of break out of that initial sort of commercial hit that he had. Yeah, indeed. There are, I, I think it's when you get into any band, don't you? You get to know their sort of more mysterious or their their, their lesser stuff as well if you're really into yeah. them. But yeah. it's not often a band can cover something and it's really good. But yeah, yeah, I think if any band can do it, it's Muse. Yeah, they indeed. put a lot of thought into their um, performances and stuff. What's your um, What's your favourite Prince album? Gosh, now you're asking. <laughs> I I'm not so sure I've got one because I've got such yeah. eclectic taste. I like yeah. odd numbers off of all different albums. Yeah. 
from the really early stuff to um, some of the just really obscure stuff, the individual tracks. I, I honestly don't think I've got one. That's fair enough. Yeah, I think if someone asked me my favourite Red Hot Chili Peppers song, I'd probably just be like, uh, or album for that matter. I, I would be a bit stumped, to be honest, because they're my sort of all-time favourite band. They got me into music because they were a bit all over the shop, much as Prince. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I just like the fact that sort of Prince wanted to do it his way, like the whole Frank Sinatra thing of, you know, I did it yeah, my absolutely. Everyone watched and was amazed by the fact that I wasn't willing to sort of move my character. That's part yeah. of the thing about a lot of artists, though, isn't it? That's what makes them artists. It's that yeah. sort of single mindedness, their character. Yeah. And quite appealing. Yeah, definitely. So. <laughs> this is so random compared to what I've just asked. <laughs> you, if you could be any animal, what animal would you be and why? <laughs> an animal? You, wow, I'd be a yeah. wolf. Okay. The lone wolf. Mm. Go get her. Yeah, I, I quite fancy being a wolf. I think they're yeah. beautiful looking creatures, but I could mm. quite li- live the life of a wolf. I think timber wolf out in the woods, yeah. out in the forest, all the snow. <laughs> Yeah. nice have you um ever actually seen a wolf in person yeah, i have i um i have family over in canada and nice. um having flown over there a couple of times in the summer and the winter we went up to um a proper um sort of native people reservation oh, they had, cool. have wolves on the lot and uh yeah fantastic creatures with amazing eyes yeah yeah, yeah i've been a wolf I bet. how about you then ben what sort of creature are you so long story short i'm a penguin are you um yeah i did a sort of school assignment uh many many moons ago now and i started researching spiders and then i realized halfway through that spiders are actually quite boring (laughs) so i suddenly in the majestic way that i live my life suddenly did a 180 and changed my mind and decided (laughs) to do penguins um and the reason that i chose penguins over spiders is because penguins are just so funny like the way they approach things and like you see them like trying to trip each other up on the ice and stuff (laughs) and they slide on their bellies and just yeah everything about them is so like comedic and entertaining but obviously when you get up close to a penguin you realize it's all of a sad and they actually stink they have um, a sense of humour, yeah. that's for sure. And they're very good for their children. They take care they of their are, children. Yeah. <laughs> They've got some really awesome facts associated with them. Like, I think if a male penguin's in love with a female penguin, it will search the beach for a specific rock. Oh. And it will give them the rock that they found. Oh. And I think that's quite sort of romantic and oh, kind romantic. of... Romantic. ...that we've stolen from them without oh. crediting them. And they um they hatch eggs with the flaps of their feet. Wow. Um, they, they use that to sort of keep the egg warm, and they they huddle together really strategically, and they allow a centre penguin to become like the heat insulator. Yes. And you just see them like twirling around in these like snowstorms. That's amazing, isn't it? Yeah, it's just so funny how they've like adapted so well. So and obviously, so... yeah, go on. Sorry, I was going to say now, I no, think sorry. giving it away to everybody now then, was that your chat up line with your girlfriend then? Did you take her a pebble? <laughs> no, I think I just took her to McDonald's. <laughs> <laughs> no, 
I do have my moments of uh, romantic, but they are literally moments. <laughs> um, yeah, I do occasionally buy gifts and stuff for Aww. people out of the goodness of my heart, but I kind of <laughs> have to be led to water a little bit. Oh. I'm not very sort of impulsive with stuff. I kind of have to be told that, Ben, if you're going to buy me this for my birthday, can you make sure it's this colour? And I'm like, oh. yeah, I'll do that. <laughs> and then they know what they're getting, obviously, because they've asked. <laughs> For that but that's that's the way that i live my life but that's better but, to yeah. have something you want though isn't it yeah i'm i'm really hard to buy for so um i just assume that everyone else is because <laughs> if i want something i'll usually buy it myself because <laughs> that's just the kind of person i am but yeah penguins are awesome um i think it's either going to be angel the fairy penguins that are really really small um or rock hopper penguins because they've got funny little um sort of what's the word like tufts of hair yeah they have haven't they for little yeah. little orange mohicans haven't yeah, they? That's it, yeah. <laughs> they're just so funny the way they like waddle up to you and sort of try and they they're just very mischievous and very cunning and uh yeah <laughs> shout out penguins so what are we going to be doing after covid um, obviously you've mentioned that you want to go kayaking again is there anything else that springs to mind is it seeing family or seeing friends yeah I think um, all of the above really I think any most people are thinking want to see family and friends the freedom to just be able to go out have a nice meal yeah. have a beer you know sort of meet up with friends yeah I think um I, I think this period of being locked down, as I said to you, being able to have human contact and being yeah. able to just put an arm on someone and say, you're okay. Yeah. Just look, looking forward to seeing people and getting together and listening yeah. to some good music. Yeah. yeah. Foreign yeah. holiday would be good, but I don't think that will come for a little while yet. Yeah. Gigs are just such a sort of underappreciated thing, aren't they? Where they yeah. have not been really recognised as a sort of substantial hit in terms of the UK government um, and I know a lot of promoters because I've been in music for probably 15 years of my life I reckon um, as a promoter as a musician as a bassist um, and yeah I'm kind of glad that I'm not in that anymore to be honest because it doesn't look like anyone's been given any relief at all no there's it's a been lot a... of venue closures it's been uh, such a tough yeah. time and it, it's mm. It's such an element that brings people together as well. Whatever yeah. music you're into, you kind of escape when you go and listen to music, don't you? Or see yeah. music live. And that's Definitely. it's just such a shame. Yeah. Is people that you know, Ben, are they are they struggling around you? The guys who are in music? They've they've adapted. Um I've had several musicians on here um previously, then they've all said they've had to sort of write remotely and record remotely and some big bands have survived by doing um, sets, you know, in front of no one, but people have tuned in on Twitch yeah. or some sort of YouTube medium and they've, they've watched it from that. Yeah. Um, needs must, isn't it? And people are finding a, different ways to entertain. There's a website called stage it, which is a very popular one at the moment. Um, and you buy like a ticket to a virtual event. And you can watch, you know, if someone's released an album in lockdown, they can, you know, watch this performance uh, in, you know, air quotes live, I suppose. Fabulous. Um, and obviously doing that integrates really nicely with the community. And, yeah. you know, there's loads of people talking in the chat 
saying i can't believe that this song's finally you know i can finally hear it can't wait to see them live properly though and it's kind of to me it's like a 60 percent deal like it's as close as we can get right now to the real thing but it's still a bit sort of diet coke yeah i know it's not quite the thing that people want but obviously we can't get the thing that we want so we've had to sort of swallow the pill as it were yeah indeed i mean i know you play bass don't you but yeah, I do, what, yeah. what's happening with your music at the moment then uh pr- pretty much completely put the brakes on it because i've um i've had a child who's now seven yeah. and he's he's due to be eight in october um but one thing i've always mentioned on this and obviously face to face with people is i've always enjoyed the side of recording and um you know going into a studio with a couple of ideas and coming out of the studio with a fully fledged song or group of songs is where I really sort of excelled. Um, Obviously part and parcel with that is live performance and booking shows and all that sort of stuff and going to rehearsals for three or four hours. Um, But something that I really sort of thrived in was that sort of chaos of trying to put order into sort of four or five people of, you know, writing a song from start to finish wow that's innovative isn't it very very creative we're not leaving the studio until this is done that sort of (laughs) attitude of like getting into a war room a little bit just (laughs) thrashing it out yeah that's it it's good fun but yeah um like i said earlier i'm not really jealous of people that are in this situation at the moment because it must be quite frustrating that they've gone out and bought a Ford Transit van for £3,000 and it's literally just been sat on the side of the road for the last year and a half or whatever it is now. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, but, you know, obviously I, I'm more than happy to have musicians on here. Um, they've had a pretty profound impact in my life. So, um, yeah, the more the merrier, but I do feel your pain, people. So um, I do occasionally play bass now and then, though, when the, uh, when the mood strikes. <laughs> But yeah, it's all good. Excellent. Did you say you played guitar? Um, I I did do years back. I've not played for a long time now. Yeah. I um I I started off attempting to play um the electric guitar, lead electric. Yeah. And, um, I ended up going back to play um classical first. You know, sort of classical classical okay. Spanish guitar to learn, or all, yeah. all of the notes, the scales, and play classical stuff first, and then go back yeah. to it. Yeah, I used to love that, but that was a young teenager in my early 20s. I've not played for a long time. Yeah. But I certainly admire anyone who can. Yeah. Did you ever get into a band or was it just something that you sort of sat on the edge of your bed? and? Exactly. Sat on the edge of my bed and I, I, got, to, I got to a reasonable stage and I think yeah. um, life happened, you know, how it does. Yeah, it does. And it went in different directions where that just wasn't the thing I could plough my energy into at the time. Yeah. But... um. But I admire anyone who can play an instrument. I think it's a fabulous skill to have. Yeah, that's cool. I think at my school, this was a very sort of common fork in the road, as it were. Are you a footballer or are you a musician? And that was a very sort of um, polarising question. Wow. Um, And I didn't know many people that would do both. They would either pursue football as a career or they would sit at home with their dad and watch, you know, Gillette Soccer Saturday or whatever it was on Sky Sports. Yeah. Um, and they'd, you know, have a couple of drinks and they'd chill out or they would absolutely go hell for leather practicing guitar for 10 hours a day, getting in bands, um, you know, being a bit rubbish at the start, obviously, but getting there slowly. And um, 
yeah, it's just, I think people can probably relate to that at my age, but that was always a sort of thing where I, I've met very, very good musicians in the past. Uh, looking at my mate Gary Seal, who I've had on previously. Yeah. Um, and yeah, like we got in a band for a little bit, but um, it just didn't quite work out how we wanted. And uh, Gary still records to these days. Um, wow. But yeah, it's very sort of touch and go. Um, and a lot of musicians, like you say, that sit on the edge of their beds, they, they don't make that sort of decision and um, they don't sort of take the plunge. And sometimes I feel that they're the best musicians that I've ever encountered. So it is a tough want, one, isn't it? I want to empower people to sort of do what <laughs> they're good at. But at the same time, obviously, I can't do it for them. Yeah, that's, um, yeah, absolutely. I think I, I think that's a lovely attribute or a lovely yeah. wish to have for people to empower yeah. them to do what they're good at. I've got a, a really good friend of mine who um, has played in a band for years and he was down in Plymouth and they've just recently retired and moved up to Mudderford. But he yeah. had, um, had a, a recording studio in his basement in his place down in Plymouth that was all yeah. pad- padded primarily he played drums and he had two or three drum kits and he played guitar as well but um, I used to go down there with him from time to time if I went down to see them to have a couple of yeah. drinks and play music but yeah. oh fabulous you could just lose yourself sometimes yeah definitely yeah yeah it's nice when it's like not in the conventional eye as well like if you're actually like going out of your way to watch someone that, like a practice or like a you know you say down in a basement and stuff like that you feel like you're sort of entering their world a little bit yeah indeed real privilege really when particularly when people can play and play well it's um it's awesome yeah yeah definitely but yeah we have now moved on to the final question and it is now as of what's the date so as of the second of may which is a sunday which is when you're listening to this this is now known as the people's question it's for (laughs) the people by the people so justine morehouse what is your go-to meal deal <gasps> my go-to meal deal. <laughs> oh my god what choice so <laughs> what as in a quick lunchtime meal deal or, or takeaway so, meal deal so we're talking like tesco sainsbury's asda <laughs> you know you get your sandwich you get your crisps you get your drink so i guess because certainly for the last five years, I've been working at the RNLI. Yeah. We've got a massive great ASDA next to us. So yeah. quite often we pop over there. We've got a few people coming down for a meal deal. So I'll probably go for the um, the ASDA one there. Okay. But yep. I, I recall you saying, was it your girlfriend who hates mayonnaise? Yeah, that's right. Yeah. So do I. It, yes. It's the seed of the devil. I hate mayonnaise. And I have right. a real job because most sandwiches have got it yeah, in. Yeah, totally. Yeah, it's that yeah. assumption that everyone likes it. It's really Absolutely. strange. Absolutely. So I have to have a good old rummage through. So I ended up usually having something like cheese and ham sandwich or a ploughman's or something. Mm. So, um, yeah. yeah, probably be some something cheesy or something hammy as a meal deal. I reckon we could probably get a petition started on this now because I've had a few people <laughs> message me saying, because I, I came up. I came up with an idea last episode. I don't know if you heard the whole thing, but it was just put a sachet of mayonnaise in the sandwich. You did. You were speaking to and Hannah, weren't just, you? Yeah, just do whatever you want. So Hannah wasn't my girlfriend. Hannah's a girl from another podcast that I wanted to promote. Um, my girlfriend's a bit shy, bless her, so she won't actually come on. Aww. Um, but yeah, maybe one day I'll uh, I'll whittle her down to the point where she will come on. 
Maybe you need um, to give her a pebble. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I spent eight hours trying to find this pedal, please. Uh, Absolutely. Yeah, but yeah. So yeah, just to clarify, that wasn't actually my girlfriend, but she is called Hannah. So, um, but yeah, I was just talking about sort of um, what we can do to get this assumption because you buy a lot of stuff nowadays and it's got like ketchup in, it's got barbecue sauce in, you know, some, some things you buy has got like pickle in and you end up taking it all out and sort of, you know. <laughs> I, thought, I thought it was me being fussy not no. not tolerating mayonnaise but so many yeah. sandwiches have it in so I really do have to have a good old look over <laughs> yeah so just to clarify for the people you're talking cheese sandwich what what type of crisps are you Ooh, including so probably thinking cheese and ham sandwich or a plowman's crisps yeah. now oh Something spicy, something chili-ish, or maybe cheese and onion. Cheese and onion? Yeah, cheesy ones. Yeah. And drink? Oh, probably orange juice or just water. Yeah. Yeah. Are you a (laughs) smooth orange juice drinker or do you like a bit of pulp? I don't mind the bits. I don't mind a bit of pulp. (laughs) Well, that hit me then. Fair enough, someone's got to drink it. <laughs> Indeed, yeah. yeah. Someone's um, got to take one for the team. Yeah, I've recently become a bit of a apple juice advocate rather than orange juice. Mm. Um, if everyone drank apple juice, then I probably wouldn't be able to find it in Asda. So, um, yeah. Yeah, indeed. Thank you for your services. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, is um, is there anything you wanted to mention, or is there anything you wanted to ask me? Because I think that's pretty much everything on my notepad. No, I think it, it's been absolutely lovely talking to you. It's been a privilege Good. to be able to talk to you. And no uh, just um just how long are you planning on doing your podcasts? As long as people listen, um, and as long as I get interesting guests on, um, and I don't end up just talking to my mate for forty seven episodes in a row. <laughs> um I want to try and open this up to a sort of video format but I'm aware that quite a lot of the people that I've had on in the past aren't really up for that. And it's a bit more of a sort of intermediate entry level. Yeah. Um, This is literally just on a phone. You know, I'm just talking to you like a Skype meeting, essentially. Yeah. Um, But when you've got to start introducing laptops and desktop PCs and webcams and everything that goes along with that, then I do find that it gets a bit more exclusive if that makes sense yeah it gets a bit more complicated doesn't it Uh, i do want to try and open this up to like a debate format and long term i want to try and actually get a studio that i can rent out and actually have people in the same room as me and sort of seeing their faces when you say something shocking and all that sort of thing you know brilliant that that sounds great especially the debating as well we can get different people um around the table thinking about different things but um yeah great go for it sounds good i think the the key thing with the table is it has to be a very very heavy wooden table so people can't flip it and walk out when i say something ridiculous you're gonna say controversial things though i'll try not to (laughs) try not to because otherwise i might lose me ocean bottle and grind sponsorship but um you don't want that yeah, the whole green-eyed monster thing does sometimes get the better of me. So uh, <laughs> I might have to employ an editor if we go down that route. <laughs> oh, dear. Just bleeping everything out. So thank you very much for coming on. I appreciate your time. 
Um, if you could share this when it's up, that would be fantastic. I will do. And um, yeah, I hope you have a lovely evening and um, I'll speak to you soon. You too. Take care of yourself, Ben. Yeah. If you need anything, let me know. I will do. Thank you very much. Bye. Take care. Bye. Hope you enjoyed that episode, guys. Um, I'm just doing this as a pre-recorded segment because I always forget. Please consider subscribing for weekly uploads. Um, sometimes I do two in one week. So, yeah, please do uh, consider sharing this with your friends and telling everyone that you know. And, yeah, I'll see you in the next one. Cheers.